Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. That would be us. That would be you. But no, Craig and Tim. That oh, would I thought be it was just us. you. I'm just sitting here, man. You, you want to go dust the bathroom now? <laughs> Could be us and them, like Pink Floyd. Can we do a little Pink Floyd today? I do, you, think, do you remember Pink Floyd? Is he the guy with the banjo? Yeah. No. That, too many crickets. We're, we're t- banjo is going to be a reoccurring thing. I was going to try and get it done before we came in today, but dueling banjo is one of, probably one of the most iconic musical bits next to Abbott and Costello's Who's On First, which is a comedic thing. But dueling banjos, Steve Martin, I didn't, I'm, and I know, I'm sure our guest knows all this stuff, but Steve oh, Martin does. was an accomplished banjo player. And I remember Steve Martin always saying, you can never be sad playing a banjo. It's just not possible. So anyways, Mr. Craig, you are? Hey, my name is Craig. I'm with Vets Growth. You can reach me at 407-754-5779. And what about you, my man? I am Tim Proctor with GRP Studios. We're, we're sitting in here today with our guests, plural. Tim at grpstudios.com. You can get a hold of me or 407-862-6882. So did you have a good weekend? You have a new car, don't well, you? so do you. Last week, well, yeah, no, that's my wife's. Last <laughs> week, you were complaining about your just expect every problem vehicle, your Jeep. Yes. You went in and you unloaded. I mean, you traded it in. Yes. On a new, and you've got a Toyota. Forerunner, Forerunner TRD. It's a slick looking vehicle. I know you've got one of those big cage things on the front. Is that so you can like... Road Warrior just blasting You know, it's people. funny. I, I, every time I buy a vehicle, I have to customize it to myself. That You know, you saw my Jeep. Old and slow like both of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I only had it for four years. So every four years, I get a new vehicle. So I've had 37 cars in my lifetime. But anyway, this one's getting loaded too. Sweet. It looks good. It looks good. But that has nothing to do with anything today because we have a really fun guest in here. It took us a while to get him in because he is very, very busy. Him and his Sad wife. Sad to have that life to I, do I something know. in life. He was up until like three o'clock in the morning performing yesterday. But Mr. Randy Keith is in here today with Premier Pianos shows, right? Pure, Premier. I know it can get confusing sometimes. It, Premier Piano shows. It's yeah. Basically dueling pianos, which is a totally cool thing. So it's funny that welcome, you man. it's funny that there was a little little hesitation there because when I when I first came up with the name for the company, I was I was thinking of putting dueling pianos in it because lots of the companies that that do what we do, they they say dueling pianos, but I wanted to keep it kind of general because we don't just do dueling pianos. Pretty much any time that you think of a a piano or live entertainment. I wanted to to have that. Well, beat. that's going to be important because we're going to talk about names yeah. and how you and how you did that and everything else. But well, give us first. How can people get a hold of you? If people want to say, if people say, "Hey, I want to get a hold of these guys and I want them to perform," how do you get a hold of you? Well, simplest simplest way to remember is uh, you can look up my me and my wife's name, Amy and Randy Keith. You just search Google Google Amy and Randy Keith Dueling Pianos and you'll find us. But uh, the name of the company is Premier Piano Shows, so we're PremierPianoShows.com. And uh, the number, if you if you're so inclined, four zero seven 
476-7780. But like I said, you search for us online, you'll see our, our videos, our, our website where our we videos. play all around Central Florida. And you go from Daytona to Tampa, basically? We go anywhere that people will pay us pay to go. Money. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to go anywhere where people pay me money. But we like to stay in Central Florida uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Anywhere from Tampa to, to Daytona pretty much. So now you have been a musician. Neither one of us are. We've had a lot of our episodes had musicians. We are not. <laughs> we, yeah. Craig's told me a couple of I times. Tell you, man, we can play the triangle. I just don't know how that works. Maybe, so. <laughs> maybe play the triangle. Maybe play the air guitar. So you've been a musician since you were play the fool. I, I've heard that uh, one. That's oh, that's a good. One. I got to remember that we play the fool. Where's the, the one of these needs to have a snare? Put them. <laughs> I, I, you know, I I do have that somewhere in my soundboard here, and I just keep I keep forgetting to play it. But so you've been a musician. Started with. Was it piano? Or, you know, you 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 can play the harpsichord, basically. Well, I actually, it's funny. Funny you said that, and and you mentioned you mentioned two guests. My my mom's visiting from from California, so I would be remiss if I didn't say that I've been a musician since uh, since I was in the womb. Probably there, there you go. Uh, she was she was taking singing lessons when uh, when she was pregnant with me. But uh, and and if if I remember correctly, in my baby book, I started playing piano when I was eight months old. So oh, uh, that the, is the, the piano super. lessons started officially at two years and seven months. I think she's nodding her head. So um, yeah, I just I've always remembered playing the piano playing by ear uh when i was growing up i'd hear something on the radio and just uh, play that you know you know that i know that irritates the snot out of people that don't totally. play well by ear that totally. they have to read music and there's nothing wrong with that i i played piano for about 25 seconds when i was young of course when i was six and seven years old we had a stand-up piano and then my mom got a baby grand for my sister who was a little bit older than i am but we had a stand-up and it was okay it's six years i'm six years old I'm playing, ding, ding, okay, and my friends are out playing in the yep. yard. I'm like, come on. I wish now I had stuck with it. But. I've I've heard that story so so many times. Thankfully, you know, uh, thankfully I actually by the time I got into high school, which when I I felt like either everybody was either doing band or or playing guitar, you know, something cooler than than piano. I do remember my freshman year of high school when I when I started playing in choir and like two or three of the girls in the class started, you know, coming close. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick, yeah. I'm gonna stick with this. You know, chicks dig musicians. <laughs> oh no, yeah, they, they don't really dig don't. anything like we got. No, they don't. So you've been playing. What what instruments do you play? Because I looked on your website and it started with piano, but you play. I play piano, bass, drums, harmonica a little bit. I think that's it. Is the piano still your favorite instrument to play? I really enjoy playing drums. Actually, it's just that playing drums is not a is not a solo instrument. Uh, the only time oh, oh, okay, tell that to John Bonham. Sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> right? Tell that to Corky Lyon. I mean, the the times when I've when I've been able to play play with a with a band, I guess you could say, you know, it's it, it's pretty fun. But piano's my piano's my main instrument. Took lessons up until I was seventeen, and and pretty much I remember the first time that I brought in some Elton John songs to my piano teacher, who was this short Polish lady that uh, in her 50s would wear these platform boots that were like two feet high. And she'd say, Randy, what do you what do you bring in? You need to practice your Mozart. You need to practice your, you know, Beethoven and read wrist, your notes. Wrist up. wrist up, read your notes. Yes, Don't, exactly. Yes, I, I always up. played. Remember, she yeah. used to tell me I'd play like this. And, yeah, and uh, I, I do remember that. Yeah. I remember rulers on the back of my hands. I never got that. Play your wrist up. I'm like, why? Because when your wrists are up, you're, and it's okay, whatever. 
my buddies are playing out in the yard. So yeah, my favorite thing was always, and that's why the main reason why I really got into Elton John stuff was being able to duplicate exactly what I heard. I, I do it now with all different types of music, with rock music and and eighties, and even the stuff they play now today. Yeah, we, we won't go with the lack of musical ability and talent that they have today. But but I, I used to I used to love and still do, you know, love being able to to duplicate that, you know, that chord at the beginning of Rocket Man or, you know, Tiny Dancer, the exact the exact notes, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, and that's what I really you mentioned, you know, playing with sheet music versus playing by ear and I was always playing but I never had patience to to read music. Well that has probably dovetailed into then what you do now because a lot of what you do now is somebody yells out a song. Well you yep. know, hold on. Man, let me get my musical sheet out yep. here and put it up. And and when I started, and you guys will understand this because I, I play with guys that are younger than me now, which is kind of weird. Because when I started, when I started doing dueling pianos, I was 24, 25. This was early 2000s, and we didn't yet have iPads and Google much, you know, that kind of thing. So I actually did have to bring my backpack with fake books. We used to call them the, the yeah. fake books with the chords and or even just lyric sheets because that's that's the main thing for for me and guys like me is that we can't remember words. Like yeah. uh, my wife can remember lyrics, you know, it, it's a it's a male female thing I found like the way the brain works. I always say if I've heard a song before, it's in my the the music, the chords, the melody, it's in my head somewhere and I can plunk it out but I can't remember lyrics. Well, and and in the early days, that's how you that's how you had to do it. Now, oh yeah, I know that song. And that even people will will say that when they request songs. I'll say, I don't know that song. They say, Oh, you can look it up on your th-. I was like, Well, I could, but if I've never really heard the song, yeah. I'm not really gonna play it. And I don't know if it's worth the twenty dollar tip that you just gave me to hear a really bad <laughs> version of this song that I've never heard. But sure, I'll you know, I'll try it. And and we were talking about that be- before the show that for lack of a better description, that's that's kind of the illusion that we like to create is that I know a little bit of everything to make it seem like we fake, know everything. Fake it till you make it. That's you know, you make it look like you can do any song, any era, any time. What's the weirdest request you've gotten? <laughs> or is there one? Or there's one end of the spectrum of like weird where like people will request a song that I just I've never heard of. It's some genre or some obscure hard rock song from the nineties that I just I never listened to those, you know, those yeah. songs then. And then there's songs that people think they're stumping us. Like Baby Got Back. Uh, this this guy will never and we get a request for that song every night. So you haven't gotten any really weird weird oh i have i just can't remember them right now okay all right that's fine <laughs> they've, i know they've been over the years somebody in this room has tried to stump you i've heard that before somebody yes in this room not your mother has tried to stump you with songs and you seem to know them what is your guesstimate what is your playlist that you have available to you in your head i i, I always say it's be around somewhere around two thousand songs wow I, I, I don't know if that's right that anymore when you're waiting for a hundred I, I got I like 10 remember two thousand of anything so like I said, I'd, I'd have to look up lyrics of probably at least half of those, but okay. they're in there somewhere. If you count up all of the all the Ellen John, Billy Joel, Beatles, Queen, classic rock, and then add on top the newer songs that I have to keep up for the for the kids, you know the for the youngsters, the Taylor Swift and the Justin you know, Bieber and Greg, Greg Cardi B, Greg, the founder of this place. You know, music does not have the talent. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's some very talented musicians, but when you can auto-tune everything and then you go out on on tour yeah. and you still have to auto-tune from the board. He talked, uh, Greg interviewed a bunch, of, a bunch of artists and he interviewed Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. 
And Mark talked about building equipment to get the sound that he wanted, taking stock standard equipment and then modifying it. Just It's making, all digital now. Yeah, and it's all digital, and yeah. you can't get the exact same sound. But you play keys yep. primarily. Has that changed? For our show and what, I, what I'm used to doing, we, we have pianos and microphones. That's that's pretty much pretty much it. That's pretty much it. And even when we when we do a show where where I've got a sound tech, sometimes I'm actually baffled as to how we can have issues with the sound because all we have are two keyboards and two microphones yeah. and two monitors. That's all we need. How you know? Can, how can you mess up? Well, I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go there. But the, a little bit more background on you. Your wife Amy. How yes. long have you guys been married? We've been married six years now. Okay. And she is a musician, yes. a vocalist primarily. Yes. That has learned to play piano and you all now work together. What is she's from she's from Wisconsin, right? Yes. So I'm I'm out of time already. No, I can't no, tell no, the story, no, right? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll make it work. So long story as short as possible. Um I, I grew up in Los Angeles and and actually prior to finding dueling pianos, I worked in radio and I I thought that that was gonna be my my end all be all. And I ended up traveling for, I guess it was after I left LA, it was about five years and ended up in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, working at a piano bar similar to a, to a Howl at the Moon type location. And she came in hanging out with her, with her friends. And I, I found out that she talked to me, she came up to me on, on her break. My, my now wife, her, her name is Amy. And she, she introduced herself saying, my name is Amy. And this was the fourth Amy that I had dated, by the way. So I don't know if I had told you the, the wow. entire story, Craig, but my first girlfriend's name in high school was Amy. So I said later on, I said, I just, I had the right name. I just didn't, didn't have the right one. Just yet. the wrong one. Yeah. So when she told me that, I, I was like, I don't know if this is, if this is good or bad that I've got her name already. But she started telling me that she's, she's a musician and she went to school for music. At the time, she was a teacher. She was a middle school teacher. And she told me even later that she was letting me know that so that I knew that she wasn't just another drunk girl at the club that was, that was hitting another on groupie. me because, because that was definitely one of the appeals when I, when I started traveling. No. Um, <laughs> Your mom's in here. And I don't, oh, don't she, she knows this, all yeah, of the I'm stories. Sure she does. Mom, I need help. I think she was the first one that I called when I got kicked off of the cruise ship that I did, which is a story for, for the other segment, maybe, and ended up getting me to, to Arizona. But yeah, uh, Amy, she, she told me that she was a music teacher, so she figured that, you know, that qualified her, and it, and it actually it did. I was, oh, I'm impressed with her. And I used to teach music and was subbing and that, that sort of thing when I lived in L.A., and she said she was training to do to do dueling pianos. I said, "Oh well, I might be able to help with that." Oh, I and um, and a year later, we started doing shows together. So she actually had started working with one of the one of my other colleagues. As long as I have been playing piano, she's been singing. She actually tells me uh, when we when we see her family in Wisconsin that they had a rule that she couldn't sing at the dinner table. She couldn't sing in the car unless it was the song that was on the radio. And I understand that rule. I get it. Because <laughs> she'll start singing the song. I'm like, is this what we're listening to? Yeah. No, it's just the song that's in my head. Uh. <laughs> uh, she, she absolutely loves singing. And so we, we started putting together a mix of, of our show and our dynamic and the dueling piano concept that I was trained with and she started training with. And, um, and yeah, we started doing shows together in 2014 officially. And that's when I, I started the business. I left the kind of club scene and started booking all our shows together. And uh, more story, yada, yada, yada. We ended up here in Central Florida and love it. 
And that's a perfect segue because when we're coming back in, I want to talk about you setting up your business. So basically, you we and your wife. this way. Yeah, no. <laughs> you and your wife hit the right key, struck the right oh. note, right? Let me see if it's this one. There, there it we is. Go. There we go. Germany crickets. <laughs> but let's finish this episode and then we'll come back in for the second one and you can tell us more about your stuff. Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. Are you planning a wedding or other event? Know someone who wants to bring unique live entertainment to their venue? Dueling Pianos is the perfect act to get the crowd going. It's an all-request show, so each performance is always different. Hi, my name is Randy Keith, owner of Premier Dueling Pianos in Orlando, Florida. My wife Amy and I have been performing our whole lives and love to bring our musical experience and repertoire to your party. Premier Piano Show's Dueling Pianos. Check us out on social media, Dueling Piano Duo, or call us at 407-476-7780. You can always check out our website and calendar of events, www.premierpianoshows.com. Angels from Deliverance, one of the most disturbing movies of all time, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so you guys are not dueling banjos. Now we get that request a lot, actually. Do you people, really? People say, can you can you can you guys duel? Can you duel? Well, that you should be able to, right? Uh, yeah, and and we've we've done it before, and this is this is the response I always try, like hesitate to give, but we we say like dueling is almost it's almost kind of a misnomer. Yeah, it's like that. That may have been how the how the concept started back in the eighties or nineties when the sing along concept really started taking off with places like Howl at the Moon and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But we kind of say, well, we put the focus on the audience. So the whole thing with with our show and the concept of dueling pianos is that we want people to have a good time. So we say, if anybody's dueling, it's going to be the crowd. We say, you know, my side is louder than your side. My side can sing better. My side can party better. Well, and you we know what? Just to break in, I, I've been to two of his shows, and he's exactly right. It's all about the audience because no matter who you are, you, you don't know each other until you come to one of his shows and you leave as like a family. Of all the stuff going on in this world, you're just going to have the best time of your life. And I think more and more people need to come and see your show. Where are you playing at? So we do a show weekly here in Orlando at a place called Tin Roof on International Drive in Icon Park. So we're there every Sunday night. Okay. Um, and what, then what time? A seven to ten. Seven to ten. Okay. And then we have our our schedule that changes all the time because we play. We have different clients at different venues and stuff. So you can always check our website premierpianoshows dot com, or I also keep our Facebook page pretty updated. Facebook dot com slash dueling piano duo. We have that show in Orlando. We're just starting here in March at a place called Copper Rocket in Maitland. Are you going to be playing at the Copper Rocket? Yeah, that is. I can almost. Yeah, you know hit, I can yeah. almost. I can almost hit it with a rock if I. We love Copper Rocket. Sweet. It's been up and down, up and down, up and down with open, closed, open, closed. So well, we're looking at we're looking it up now. So uh, when, are you, when are you going to be there? We're starting there. We're actually starting in April every Saturday. 
Oh, what okay. Time, what time? Nine to midnight. It's going to be way too late. I'm close to home. <laughs> He's got an hour drive from that Copper Rocket in Maitland. I abs- that's fantastic because now I don't have to go all the way out to iDrive. I hate going to iDrive. That's actually the concept that I kind of thought of when I started the company is that people that know dueling pianos know the the main chains, the Howl at the Moons, the place I was working at in, in Phoenix was called the Shout House. There are other rum runners and there's been clubs all over the country that do the concept but they're usually focused around some sort of tourist center or yeah. the, the clubs down at Disney, Universal. But for locals, I've always said people want to not have to deal with all that. So let's bring the product to the consumer to where you can just walk around the corner or take an Uber, you know, five, 10 minutes and not have to deal with that sort of thing and keep that neighborhood vibe. And so that's where lots of the, lots of the places that we play out on a monthly or weekly basis for our company they usually have have a regular contingent. Some of the places have live music regularly. Some don't. We're, we're just a feature. And we, again, the, the feature that we bring is we want to make sure everybody has a good time playing all different kinds of music. We play stuff from the 50s and 60s. So we do shows up in the villages. That's got to be a hoot. That, uh, that's got to be a lot of fun. Well, where'd you get that word? What'd you say? Hoot? A hoot, I, yeah. I mean, what are you, in the 50s now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a good segue. There you go. We love it because I, I grew up listening to, my dad used to listen to 50s and 60s music all the time. So that was really what I love in my core, aside from my classical piano training. But we also do shows where 21-year-olds are celebrating their birthday. And and I, I got to know some of the Cardi B and the... Like I said, the Taylor Swift and the oh, yeah. Snoop Dogg and just a, a, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. All right. So let's get back into a little bit. You and your wife met. You end up uh, in Florida. I grew up, I didn't grow up. I spent four years in Tucson, so I'm pretty familiar. And I have relatives oh, yeah. that live in Apache Junction, live in Chandler, live in Mesa. So I'm pretty familiar with, with Phoenix area. But that was that was probably before you were born. Right? Before, was, before, the, before I-10 actually went through downtown, probably. Yeah, it might have been. It was back in the 70s. Yeah, so. it was before I was born. <laughs> well, anyways, okay. okay. This show's over. Right, we're gonna go home. Show's over. We're gonna we're gonna take a nap. You're gonna edit uh, that out, right? No, no, we're, we're gonna leave it. We like we like make we like making fun of ourselves as much as possible. So you meet your wife. She's not just a a groupie or a hang around. She actually has talent. You guys then end up here. How did you get here? So I started doing the dueling piano concept in 2004. I actually, in Los Angeles, they, uh, Hell at the Moon had one of their locations. So I, I walked in there, a friend invited me, and, and I said, where, where have you been all my life? You know, this is, uh, at the time, I was, I was 21 when I first saw the concept. And uh, I just, I saw them playing Brown Eyed Girl or Great Balls of Fire, whatever it was. And, and I said, this is what I want to do. And I mentioned that at least one of my former girlfriend's name was Amy. And I, I realized at that time that this is something that I would, I'd love to do with my partner, ideally. My parents used to work together originally before I was born as, as performers. That was either consciously or subconsciously, it was always a dream of mine. So when, when we met, I said, this is, this is going to work out nicely. We ended up in Florida because I started the business in Phoenix when I said I didn't want to work at or at least be reliant on clubs anymore. I didn't want to be a traveling musician anymore. It was fun in my single days, but I want to you know, actually have somewhat of a normal life. And I felt that the best way to do that was to procure my own clients. And so started doing that in Phoenix, built up a certain amount of corporate clients, uh, restaurants, that sort of thing. 
one of our corporate clients actually ended up well the first year they flew us to Maui so that was that was tough oh that was a tough gig right yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. the the, the gig itself was great the setting up for the gig actually was a complete pain but that's another story and the following year they always moved their event as one of these big companies that um, that do their annual events in a different city the next year was in Orlando and we flew out for that and it was in March just after it was this time of year right after a really bad allergy season that I had been getting over as I'm sure you know in yep. in Arizona the the dryness and the plants that everybody brings in from the rest of the country completely messes up yep. the air and my nose so I uh, came to Florida got off the plane I remembered how to breathe and I said, this is really nice. I know we're getting spoiled because it's March and it's not, you know, summertime humidity yet. But after uh, living in Arizona for me for four years and, and Amy for seven years, I think at that point, after you're in 110 degrees uh, summertime, I'll take the humidity. But you know, I'm, I'll a, take and it. I, and I'm exactly the opposite. I loved Arizona. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. 110, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter because I'd rather do that than 94, 94 which is basically our temperature and our humidity for five months I, I out of the year. I have to agree, but I like the cold. He likes cold. At, yeah. at least we get some clouds here because that's, that's, true. that's the thing there is, I remember, I think it was the year we left, I set up for a gig in May. It was the first weekend, it was 105. And that, I was that could be I was just sweating completely before we even started the gig because we have to load in at you know, three, four in the afternoon, the yeah. hottest time of the day. And here, I just, I bring three changes of clothes. I'm yeah, sweating when, you know. You used to it. And, I, was, I was there 78 to 82. Maybe it wasn't as hot back then. I don't know. It's yeah. different. Tim, Tim was in a, in a frying pan area. Oh, it, but it was, a, so, you, so you come here. So, you know, you didn't hit the heyday because in the 80s, no. Church Street was the place to go before Universal Studios, before I've heard stories. Disney. And How the Moon yep. was a great facility. And we would go there being, it's even downtown. I mean, we didn't have to go out to iDrive. And it was a great place, and people love going to downtown Church Street. Hollow Moon was one of the favorite places for people to go. Why is that so much fun? Well, especially the the piano bar, and especially in in those days. Let's just put it this way: when I first started working at Hollow the Moon, even in California, there were in front of the stage there were women's lingerie was hanging in the front of the stage right above us. We didn't see any of that. I didn't <laughs> see any of that back in then. But you know, because it would sometimes be thrown at the stage or uh, be included in parts of the show. It, it, back back in the day. There was not a such thing as politically correct, so there was there was a lot of fun to be had. Those were the days when the piano players were, uh, I don't know if they were allowed to, but they were tolerated to have drinks on the stage, and people would buy drinks for the, and it was, it was part of the show. It was very there, different. There was that sort of element. So the training that I received from the musicians and people that I knew doing, doing the dueling piano concept is that our focus is on the audience. We're musicians, but we're really entertainers. And I've worked with guys that will say, you know, I'm not the best singer, I'm not the best piano player, but I can take a crowd and bring them to this level. And that's what I learned as the concept. And I always have that mindset. So that's why even when somebody will hire me for a, for an event where I play background music, I, I say, I can do it, but it's not like my forte. I am most comfortable getting the party started and not having a script. We talked about being stumped with songs. When my wife and I started playing shows together, initially we, we kind of scripted the show because she had a limited repertoire of songs, which has now completely expanded. And that made me very uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable to go, okay, I'm going to play Sweet Caroline now. 
and then I'm going to play this song, and then I'm going to play that song. I would rather have people literally throwing Throw requests at me and saying, I'm going to do this, and I see this person in the front, and the kid over here is kind of dancing, so maybe we're going to take this right turn, and instead of doing this, I'm going to play an Elvis song, and then after the Elvis song, I'm going to play a Bruno Mars song, and we like to weave it that way so that everybody's included. You know, it's funny you say that, because Mark Camuto from Paradigm Party Band said the exact same thing. They go in, but they set, but they play the crowd. Yep. And they understand it could change from song to song to song yep. what you actually play. When you guys put your business together, is it a is it a LLC? Yes. Is it S Corp? So it's an LLC. Yeah. And that's how you structured it. Both you and your wife, owners, yep. that kind of thing. Did you have a business plan when you walked into it? I don't think so. Not an official one. Play music, make money? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that was the original plan was get work. Yeah. The original plan was get work, not have to rely on the music business, uh, not have to rely on the, the little niche of dueling piano world. Like I said, I was traveling a lot. Back in the day of dueling pianos, the early mid 2000s, there were so many shows that I could fly anywhere in the country, cruise ships, lots of gigs that were available, but I didn't want to have to be on somebody else's schedule. I wanted to be able to design my own, which was another appeal of Orlando because we are a seven night a week town. Most cities in the country are not that. Vegas, which been there, done that, not living there again. New York. New York, sort of. This maybe. Right. Nashville, maybe. Or Nashville, yeah. But with with the different kind of markets, not just the corporate market, the wedding market, the tourist market, and then the local market here in Orlando and pretty much all of Central Florida with the beach communities also, that was a big appeal for us to be able to draw and see where, you know, different, different kind of shows we could do. Did you have a following? It sounded like you had a pretty good base and a following in Arizona. How did you recreate that here then in Central Florida? Basically the same way that I met Craig, actually. When I decided to start the business plan, I knew from my network marketing experience that networking is key, especially with what we do in the kind of product and the age that we're living in. What do people do first? They search on Google. And yeah. it obviously, that is an essential element of any business. That's actually what I say in my book that I'm going to be finishing some year now about starting a business, that you've got to have an online presence. But especially with what we do and how engaging and how personal it is, I could show you a video of what we do. And our videos are great because my mom's a producer and she, she knows what to get. But a video is still just a video. And it's completely different than coming in and seeing our concept uh, or even just talking about it because a lot of people don't know what the dueling piano concept is. People come to our shows all the time and think that we're going to do a classical concert. And I could do that, but that's that's not really what we do. So to answer your question, the way we really started building the business was networking. My first experience really networking was with BNI. I got real involved with our local chapter and just started building up relationships and friendships, local relationships. So when we got our first gig, which was at a local restaurant about 10 minutes from where we lived, we packed the place with, it was all my BNI people. It was all people that I knew. And that kind of fed from there. They would help promote us. And that's how we kind of built our local following basically took that concept and did the same thing here and would uh, network with more event professionals because there are so many here in Central Florida, uh, invite them to our shows. That's how I built our mailing list, our Facebook following. And then once we started performing publicly, that was one of our biggest challenges when we first moved here was that we didn't have any public performances. We were advertising online I was doing networking events with event professionals and saying, here, hire us for your corporate event, hire us for your private party. Where can we see you play? 
oh, we don't play publicly, all of our shows are only private. And that's when I realized that even though they pay significantly less <laughs> up front, that our public shows were absolutely essential for our promoting our brand. And once we started performing our first public show, it kind of dovetailed from there. Other owners of bars would see us. They would bring us to their bars. People would see us and say, oh, do you guys do weddings? Oh, do you do this? Yes, we have our cards. And kind of expanded from there. Networking was always huge for, that's, for us. That's why I have to agree on that. you got to start small. If you're thinking you're going to jump into the fire, thinking everybody's going to know who you are, the, the thing that Tim and I, we have our certain little cliches. If they don't know you, you don't know them. So you got to start somewhere and you don't know who's going to be the audience of what party or what you never gig. Know. And then those are the people that are interested. And then they want to start coming to your other gigs. When I would start in BNI, event professionals would say, don't bother with BNI, only network with event professionals. And I would say, why? Because in BNI, first of all, I'm a complete exclusive. Most people in a, yeah. in a networking group don't meet a traveling musician that brings his pianos with his wife to come play at your That's, you're very yeah I guarantee party. you're going to be one of the only and, and I would do my commercial as you know sing us a song <laughs> yeah I'm your piano man people would remember the the harmonica so that was one thing that I learned early on you got to differentiate yourself from from what other people do I always felt like any networking event is good to do because you never know when somebody's going to throw a party you never know when someone's going to think of music and that's what I want people to think of when they when they think of me. That's that's the piano guy. And whenever you think of piano or music, give me a call. Now you're in a point where is everything pretty much a referral for you? It's pretty pretty big majority of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you spend as much time on the marketing end of it as you had before, or no. is it? Yeah. No, I, honestly, no. <laughs> but now your referrals have turned into you get a reputation, all right? You got relationships, you got referrals. Now you got repeat business out of it. Yeah. And that's, that's the, well, there's like six hours and you've met them all, but you had to go to places to make it work. You had to start making connections. People want to know you were, if you even walked in with playing that, that little tit that you did for Piano Man, people are going to stop what they're talking. They're going to focus on you. How many requests do you get for Piano Man? Uh, several a night. Several a night. Okay. Every night. I, I've actually done the math and I'm like, I think we've played it more than Billy Joel has Probably. because yeah. he doesn't even tour that much anymore. And he only know? does it usually once a night. Uh, right. So and exactly. you guys do it. it we, so who's who's the most popular song to get the crowd going, to start the crowd? Uh, it's a toss up between Piano Man and Don't Stop Believing. Uh, Sweet Caroline is pretty high well, up there see, now. If you're doing, now again, for those of us that are older... Sweet Caroline, there is a you know, bah, 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 that's it. That and every you go to an arena where they, especially up in Detroit, yeah, would play that a lot. They would play Journey all the time, yep. only because of he mentions Detroit, right? How many would you say, just as a ballpark, how many people do what you do across the country? Yeah, now it's probably close to some dueling guys would probably argue with me, but I think it's close to a thousand of those that are on the upper echelon, probably half of them, and then the ones that actually do what I do and promote a very small portion. now does everybody and one of the questions i was going to ask we'll go ahead and do it anyways we'll just go longer you bring your own gear yes when you look at it you say okay you've got two baby grand pianos how many movers does it take to get your baby grand and we don't want to give away any secrets but how many movers does it take? i can give to the secret these, it's all right two <laughs> giant baby grands 
into the facility. So the only two clubs that I actually know of or, or venues that actually still have real pianos are Pat O'Brien's at Universal City Walk. Okay. And the place I used to play at, the Shout House in Arizona, the one in San Diego, they have real pianos. Every other club that I know of has a design they call piano shells. So it's basically a faux piano. Okay. That it's basically a case that looks like a baby grand piano and there are keyboards in there. And as you know, as a sound guy, it's actually better to have the keyboards where you can plug it straight into the soundboard yeah. rather than having an acoustic piano where you have to put the right kind of mics in, do it the right way so that the sound works, and then the piano players have monitors and that sort of thing. So they started back in the early 90s. They Actually, when they first started doing it, they gutted real pianos. They pulled out the strings yep. and then just put the keyboards in. That's what we do for our shows. It's the way that works, that makes sense. And for traveling shows, when I'm setting up three or four shows a week, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, because you're not going to be able to go in and well, you, you've got to tune the pianos. You got to make the pianos are constantly tuned. The humidity levels down here in Florida do brutal things. The only that people that will notice the difference between a real piano and a keyboard is me. Is, and maybe is, Tim. Is, no, <laughs> is, no. is a musician. Yeah. Is somebody who who is going to be playing the piano and really notices the difference between an acoustic sound and and a keyboard. But otherwise, um, we've we we have and everybody that I know in the industry um, uses uses digital pianos um, for all of their events. It just because makes you sense. can get a variety of sounds from that keyboard. It can be just not a single correct piano sound you can get you can do all kinds of stuff that being said i usually don't don't change it up okay. i usually just use the piano sound and there are clubs that i've played at that they tell the players don't change the sound because we want people to think that it's a That's that it's a, a real piano so if but if that is an you, option you, yeah. you you play a faux piano because that mean i can be a faux singer <laughs> so wait a minute so the keyboard on my phone will that work for it i mean i i got like Maybe five yeah, we'll keys put that, on it. We'll put that in the shell. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in the shell. Well, it has been a blast having you in here. Thank you for taking time. Likewise, I know you absolutely. Up very late last night. We will do all we can to promote you. And I am really excited that you're going to be in the Copper Rocket because now I don't have yeah. to travel and fight traffic and go on I-4. I can probably Tim, actually, Tim, can you can video ride, that so I can watch it at home? Can, yeah, we can ride the motorcycles down there and come to Copper Rocket. And that sounds great. It's uh, We're looking forward to that. So. Again, thanks for being in here. I can't wait to see you guys live. Thank you, guys. Do you, can you heckle when you come to your show? Uh, <laughs> you can try. Okay, okay, but after about four or five drinks, most people can't tell if you're playing a real piano or, or exactly. a supervisor anyway. So, again, thank you so much, Craig. Let's gonna, knock it out. Let's go ride uh, in your vehicle. Okay. Hamburger time. Or is that Johnny Rockets? Going to ride on the Old Town Road. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.